A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome to the Squiggly Quiz podcast. I'm Helen Tupper. And I'm Sarah Ellis. And this is a weekly podcast all about the ins and outs and ups and downs of work. And our hope is that you listen and you can take insight from the conversations that we have and take actions away so you can actually do something about the half an hour or so that you spend with us. And to kick off this year for 2021, we really wanted to help you to be your brilliant best. And we wanted to have some conversations with people who we think have got some insights that can help us all to do that, you and us. (laughs) And so over the next month, we're bringing in some special guests to talk with us about a few topics that we think can help you to be your brilliant best. And so you're going to hear conversations about how to set goals for the year ahead, how to have the right mindset to reach those goals, how to start or grow something, whether that's a a new business or a side project, and also how to make sure that you don't get in your own way and build your belief and reduce your burnout. So they're the topics that we are going to cover. And today we're going to get focused on the goals. And so first you're going to hear my conversation with Dr. Kath Bishop. So some of you might know Kath Bishop because she is an Olympian who won medals, silver medals. It's actually quite a daunting prospect. Just that, you know, when you're talking about winning like a tennis tournament when you were 12 at the local tennis club. <laughs> and to relate to And them. then you're like trying to relate that to somebody who's like a professional athlete. And not only is Kath an Olympian, it's like she is super squiggly, but in an incredibly impressive way. She's also a former diplomat. She's the author of a book called The Long Win. She does loads of work in Cambridge at the business school there. So she squiggled her way throughout her career and done lots of interesting things. But today we particularly talk about this idea of winning, which actually I I was fascinated to explore. Somebody who loves to win and is very competitive, she really encourages us to think about what does it really mean to win? Like, why do we want to win? How is it useful? And also really thinking about success. So, you know, we've talked before about how important it is in squiggly careers to know what your own like success statement is. Like, what does success mean to you? And I think Kath really kind of builds on that idea really brilliantly from her own experiences and from all the diverse walks of life that she's kind of spent time in, which is just really interesting. And she's also amazing at loads of coaching questions. So you're going to hear her talk about here are some questions you can ask yourself, some things to think about. And so as well as asking us in kind of a broader sense to think about redefining our relationship with winning, she also then does make that very practical in terms of what's the so what, what can you do with that? 
And after that, you're going to hear me talk to Adrian Herbert. And Adrian is a leading wellness professional. She has a big following on social media. That's where lots of people might know her from. But she's also got a podcast called The Power Hour. She's a speaker. She's one of Adidas's global ambassador. She's also dauntingly fit. Like, I know she's incredible. Oh. I do follow her on Instagram. And you know, you just think, oh, the abs. Imagine, oh, imagine having abs. I saw her do this really cool thing on Instagram where she's like lying on her back and she's like doing like ab stuff. I mean, you can tell like ab stuff. But like she's sort of dancing while she's doing it. Like it's, it's all mm. like with rhythm and wow. power and I was like oh my gosh anyway we don't actually talk about fitness thank goodness because I wouldn't <laughs> have much to contribute but we talk a lot about goals so she's got a new book out called the power hour and she has this five step process for how you can set really effective goals and we basically talk through each of the steps I mean I was in my element I love steps <laughs> and frameworks and models and we go through each step and we talk about what it is and why it's important and how you can do it and um, we obviously have a bit of a conversation about how that relates to our own goals but I think there is so much that you can take away like literally write down the steps and you'll be able to go away and do that for yourself after the conversation it sounds like both those conversations are probably as our happiest and best (laughs) I sort of explored a concept in quite a deep way and you were like right five five steps steps. (laughs) Uh, we'll hope you enjoy the conversations as much as we did and we'll be back with you at the end to let you know what's coming up next week So, Kath, thank you so much for joining us today on the Squiggly Careers podcast. Brilliant to be here. And I'm going to dive straight in to this idea of the long win and what we mean by kind of thinking about winning in a different way. So I suppose, it was there a moment that really prompted you to think we have got to redefine how we think about winning and success? Was it a light bulb moment where you suddenly went, this just doesn't feel right? Or was it more over the course of months and years that you kind of got to this realisation? It was definitely the latter. It was an incremental process of nagging doubts and just seeing stories around me and thinking, well, that doesn't fit the narrative because they've just won and they're not very happy. Or I've come second at the Olympics and People have always told me that that makes me, you know, the first loser. So, oh, how should I feel about that? And all of these sort of (laughs) reflections about how does this make sense? And, you know, again, when I lost races, this sort of, again, some of the culture around me was encouraging me to be kind of incredibly miserable and winners don't like losing and all of this. But kind of thinking, I don't (laughs) think that's actually helping me to get better. So it was a series of different experiences that I struggled to really make sense of and I knew there was something didn't quite add up here that it wasn't helping us to perform in a sports world and the same thinking doesn't help us in schools doesn't help us in businesses it's been absolutely stories and stories giving me more confidence to challenge the myth of what winning means you don't discount winning completely you've still called it the long win and so I was interested to kind of know from you when you're thinking now about what it means to win How would you encourage us all to kind of think about winning? But as a really competitive person, I was thinking, how do I start to think about winning in a different way or in a new way? Yeah, it's really important. I'm absolutely not against the pursuit of excellence, but I am against a very narrow sense of measuring being about a moment in time and being particularly just you're the best, if you like. So people around you are are a threat to their rivals that you don't like and would never work with and don't respect all of that kind of quite I see it as old-fashioned but it still exists a lot in the working world and the sporting world and the educational world and so it is about thinking 
of a broader set of success criteria than one moment in time, because that one moment in time is also completely out of your control. You know, for example, this year, the Olympic athletes have got no Olympics to go to. So if that's the only thing that matters, then it's really hard to pick yourself up when that's wiped away. And let, you have no control about whether that Olympics happens or not. So it's about setting broader success criteria, not paying it on one moment in time beyond your control, making sure that there are also the way you go about things is really important. Because how you turn up, how you train in the sporting world, how you go to work, how you react and interact with your colleagues is really important for what happens next after any goal or sales figure that you hit or whatever it might be. And it's that kind of ongoing piece that you want to be investing in. I think one of the things that I remember kind of loving learning about when I was looking at the language and how language has been distorted over time is that the original meaning of competition comes from competere and that means striving together. And somehow we've started to interpret competition to be striving against and when as soon as you get into a striving against others, they're my enemies, I want them to do badly, I look better if they do badly, that's we're not in a good place for ourselves or for people around us. So that concept of being competitive but with others collaboratively, that you are using each other to support each other, challenge each other and move on, that's a much more healthy way of being competitive. I suspect a lot of people will be listening to this episode at the start of 2021 as we're looking to what I think most of us hope will be a different year ahead to what 2020 felt like. And it's naturally a time where we talk about setting goals, we think about what's most important to us. I do think there is probably a bit of a move away from just thinking about New Year's resolutions because I think we all now know no one ever sticks to them anyway. It has to be something kind of more fundamental about kind of who we are and kind of what really matters to us. And I'm interested just to know from kind of your experience and then if you started to kind of research for the book, when people are have this kind of mindset of more of a long win, how does that impact goal setting? Does that mean that you do set goals, but you set goals more linked to performance? Does it mean you don't set goals? I suppose what should be in your experience, but what also have you kind of observed from the research you've done? So it definitely is about goal setting being an ongoing process. So it's not one moment in time that it has to happen in January and you only do it once a year. <laughs> it's absolutely not. It actually is about making sure all the time you're reviewing, actually, are these goals making sense to me anymore? And do I need to review them? And is there somewhere else I need to go? Because the danger is we can sort of be chasing goals that actually don't mean anything to us anymore. And then we realise that yeah. too late and we've invested lots of energy. So goals are a good tool. They're helpful. But mm -hmm. in themselves, they shouldn't be the full deal either. It's about thinking what are the things that really matter to us and searching for, yes, where we want to make a difference, um, the purpose, if you like, the things that give meaning to daily life. And those also are our internal drivers, the things that are important to us, the stuff we enjoy the stuff that each day gives us a bit of a, a high. So it's balancing, if you like, some of those internal drivers and then how can I best use those in order to make a difference to the world around me? These are the things that give meaning to our life. So they need to be part of how we plan our lives. Now, whether they fit into goals or whether you have a different way, if you like, of organising your life, that doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a goal, but a goal can be a useful tool for helping you along the way, giving you some milestones, some sense of, am I making progress? But it's also really important that those goals aren't just about 
kind of external factors. So have I won a medal or have I got my bonus or did I get my sales target that was hit? Mm -hmm. They need to be actually, it's much more useful if they're goals that relate to our values. You know, how have I shown up? Have I supported people around me? Have I really helped others to be their best? Have I been compassionate to people around me? And what am I doing that's making a difference? And, and how might I make that in a, maybe in a different way? So again, questions need to be part of this. The danger of goals is they sort of lock things down. Whereas actually yeah. for a long win thinking, a long win approach, we need to keep those questions going. You know, I really want to make a difference in this area. These are some of the things I'm going to do. And then actually I'm going to try and see what else might I be able to do and who else can I learn from in this area? And then I'm going to see, you know, after a few months, three months, six months, what's working here and how might I do this differently? So it's really important that we keep the questions as part of that. We almost have that kind of guiding question about how can I best make a difference in an area that I care about, whether it's something in my local community, something involving my family, my business, or a bigger issue, the environment, whatever it might be, that these things bring a kind of sense of, yep, it's worthwhile doing some really dull mundane stuff today because <laughs> it's part of something that matters. We need to be able to find that. What is it that you think is most commonly like either getting in the way or hindering, whether it's people or organisations? What is that one kind of thing that you just keep coming back to and go, if we could just stop doing this or fix this? So I hear this empty language a lot of, we want to be number one or we want to, we want to win. And then I say, OK, well, why do you want to win? What is it exactly that you're going to win by being number one? What, what does that mean? And what are you going to do with the responsibility that comes with being number one? How will you change your sector, your world, your industry, your company when you are number one? How will you make customers' lives better or change the environment for the better or communities? And, and there's nothing there. It's very empty. So whenever I hear that narrative, <laughs> if you like, that empty language about winning that has no meaning behind it, then I feel very frustrated because I know actually success won't come. People won't be engaged staff aren't able to connect and give their best if they don't know why something matters and yet there's a sense that oh yeah that's okay if we just say we want to win and we want to be number one that's what it's all about well the long win is really trying to pull all of that back and say that's actually a nonsense we need to create meaning we need to understand why our teams exist why our companies exist and that has to have relevance to people on a daily basis otherwise we don't bring our best we won't be motivated to deal with challenges, to adapt when all sorts of curveballs get thrown at us, as we've had in 2020. And, you know, we just won't have that opportunity to learn and grow together. So that empty rhetoric that's so narrow, but still so prevalent, is really frustrating. And we kind of talked about what gets you frustrated and, and perhaps why that happens and, and where we might get to. Are there any whether it's people or organisations or stories that just really stick out to you from the kind of work that you've done and, and when you were considering kind of the approach you were going to share as part of the long win, that you just feel really epitomise this idea of the long win? So there's one question that I found really powerful with some teams that I've worked with in companies in the, in the last few months, also actually in the sports world, which is just to be asking, what are you gaining if you don't hit your targets so i.e your mm. your outcomes if you like so if you don't hit your profit margin or your sales figures if you don't win your olympic medal what else are you gaining and this is a question that actually unlocks then almost these different aspects of long win thinking the broader success criteria the constant learning mm. process and this connection with others 
And I find just that one question has just brought some brilliant discussions. So quite a few companies asked me to talk to teams where morale is low because they're not going to hit the targets that were set in January 2020. And there's this sense that we failed. And how can we sort of re-motivate ourselves? And it's because we've lost this sense of meaning of other things that bring us meaning in our lives. And that to me is one of the questions that I just always find gets a great discussion going. What, What have we gained because then yeah. we start to think more broadly and what else is is on that journey, you know, the relationships, the lessons, the things we tried, the things we experimented because we knew what we were doing wasn't working anymore, the freedom to do that, to do things a different way. All of those quite energising answers that come back have just been a delight to listen to. And they're different each time. Different groups, of course, take it in their own way. So I'm going to answer that almost with that question just to be thinking about what else are you gaining if you don't get that kind of one very obvious metric that the system is demanding of you, what else might you be gaining? And so just to finish for today, we ask all our guests this question, which is if you could share only one piece of career advice with everybody listening today, kind of what would it be? It could be your own advice. It could be something someone else has told you that's really stuck with you. It can be absolutely anything, but just kind of one thing that you'd like to leave us with for today. So I think the breadth of experiences I've had across sport, diplomacy, business, parenting is because I've always been really curious and I've followed my curiosity and just to see what might happen. What does it look like through that door that's opening in front of me? So my piece of advice would be to follow where curiosity takes you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Adrienne, welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Thank you so much for having me. But one of the things that I really loved in the book, which I thought was so relevant um, to kind of what we're focusing on in this episode, was your like five steps to goal setting. I read that and I was like, oh, that is what people need to know. And so what I hope we could do is just talk through each of those steps, like share with people what the steps are, and then maybe some 
experience that you've had of sort of putting those steps into action to like make it real for people absolutely yeah so the reason I wanted to include this was because I really do believe that once you can be focused and, and really granular and detailed about what your goals are it's much easier to look at the steps that you need to achieve them so I think when a goal is too vague and you know often people will say especially you know I work in the fitness and health and wellness industry so people will say that maybe their goal is to get healthier or to get fitter but what does that actually mean you know that's what I always say to people what does that mean for you because if you for example an endurance athlete you know that you would be focused on on improving your endurance versus somebody who wants to improve strength or somebody who might want to you know you've got to look at what does fitter or healthier actually mean and so I think the more detailed you can be you know and if it's a career thing for example just saying I want to start a podcast or I want to write a book what's it about who's the audience how is it will it be structured you know all the details so yeah so when I outline you know, how to get specific and how to get really detailed about your goals. I break it down into five steps. And the first one is, as I'm describing, get specific, really specific. I want all the details. And it doesn't mean that those details are then set in stone concrete, that they can never change. You know, as you're throughout the process, you might learn something new and and adapt and evolve. But I think be as specific as you can when you're outlining the goal. Second up, I'd say set a deadline and make that deadline. Again, it can't be, oh, six months. What does that really mean? I have an actual date in the calendar. So I like to do that. I go through the calendar and I'll almost count backwards. So how many weeks will this take? And then pick a deadline, circle it so that you know I'm working towards, for example, the 10th of May. And then you have that in your mind. And just as you would if you committed to, say, a work deadline or or something like that, you need to make it non-negotiable. You need to hold yourself accountable and say, okay, that is the almost like the finish line of what I'm working towards. I'm quite a visual person, so that works well for me to kind of look and go, okay, I've got eight weeks to go, six weeks to go and, and break it down that way. So third up is to tell someone about your goal. Now, a couple of things I guess I should caveat that is telling someone I think is a great way to make it real to have some accountability to kind of get excited about the goal and excited about the idea you know just thinking about something in your mind when you can articulate it and talk about it that hopefully will will help to kind of make it feel more real but what I'd say about tell someone is be considered in who that person is so you know For example, sometimes if you've got an idea, if you've got something you're excited about, you want someone who's going to not just appease you and agree with you, but someone who's going to, you know, really champion you, encourage you and say, that's brilliant, go for it and support you. You know, have some expectation before you tell them, because if their reaction isn't necessarily what you want, you don't want that to derail you or to deflate you or demotivate you. You know, I think we've all had that where you say to somebody, oh, you know, I'm going to try this or I really want to do that. And the person that kind of goes oh, you can't do that. You always say that, you'll give up on it. Or, oh, well, have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And and it kind of in like a critical way of like, well, that's a someone like me, I've got audacious, big ambition. So I think it'd be quite easy for someone to go, well, how are you going to do that, Adrian? And yeah, I think you just have to be mindful of like, who is the person that you're going to tell? What's the expectation when you're sharing it with them? And I think just be honest in that, you know, communicate with them and say, look, this is really important to me. This is the goal that I'm working towards. I really want you to support me. And that can feel quite scary for people, I think. Like, you know, when you've got something, you know, you talked about, I've got these big audacious goals. I think some people feel like, oh, is this going to sound like I'm 
being too confident or arrogant if I say to people that this is what I want to do. If anyone's listening and has that in their mind, they're like, I've got this thing I really want to do and it is big and it is audacious, like Adrian said, but I'm a bit scared to tell people. Have you got kind of any words of wisdom for getting it out of your head and into other people's minds and hearts? Yeah, absolutely. I think we all can relate to that feeling of going, oh gosh, what's that person going to think? Or or that's a bit of a, you must think a lot of yourself to think about that. But I often say the opposite. I challenge people and say, what if your goals are 10 times too small? You know, it's not to say that it has to, everything has to be bigger and better. But if you want to do something and you believe in the idea and you're excited about it, then you really owe it to yourself to explore it. And I think if you share it with people because you know that, yes, they're going to encourage you, they're going to support you. And also sometimes it's just, putting it out there, you never know who, you know, you could say, for example, to somebody what your goal and what you're working towards, and they go, oh, you know what, I know someone who you should connect with, and they connect you, and they would never have known if you hadn't told them. So sometimes I think, you know, you do have to be brave. I always say it takes courage to share your ideas. It takes courage to put yourself out there to create something. But what's the alternative? You know, the alternative is to just keep it inside, not do it, not pursue it, and look back and go, oh, I wish I'd done that. So step number four, which I like because it's almost slightly different. It's about like assessing and reflecting. And so up to that point, it's like, go be specific, go tell people. And then it's like, and now assess and reflect. So I quite like that that was a bit of a change in pace. Tell us a bit about what that means in the context of setting goals that are going to be effective yes so yeah step four is to assess and reflect as you said and maybe if you need to make adjustments and the reason I think it's really important to do that is because I think often if we get too cemented and too fixed with an idea then we almost feel like now this is it you have to do this this is what you decided you told someone about it you started it now you have to stick with that forever and you might think well actually I've learned something that's made me think differently or actually I've changed my mind and I'm not really that's not the route I want to go down and it's not to say I think sometimes people think it's flaky or flip between one thing to another thing but actually the reality is the world you know we're multifaceted people there's multi-channel everything you know things change and I think embracing change and being open to the fact that you can change your mind you can change your hairstyle you can change your career direction you can be fluid so the reason I say assess and and reflect is because Maybe you made a decision based on the information you had at the time and you set off sail in one direction and maybe along the way you learned some things and you need to adjust the course. Now, far better to do that than to just keep going full steam ahead in the wrong direction just because you made that one decision and now you have to be held to it forever. I think that with anything in life, whether it's a relationship, a career, know when to start, know when to continue and know when to stop. I assess and reflect. I'm quite a data person. So I look and say, well, what are the metrics that I'm measuring here? Is this still taking me in the right direction? Is this goal something I still want? And if it is, great, keep going. But if it's not, maybe make some changes, maybe adjust or maybe, dare I say it, scrap the whole thing and start from scratch. You know, it's not, it shouldn't be a ball and chain that you're then held to forever. So step number five, I think might be the hardest, but maybe it's because I find it hard. And that's the asking for help. So why do you think that's important in the context of goals? And is it something you find easy? And therefore, can you give me some tips? Yes, definitely (laughs) can. So yeah, step five is ask for help. 
And it's not necessarily because you feel that you need help or it's sometimes I think people think if they ask for help, then they're showcasing to other people their lack of knowledge or their lack of understanding of a certain topic. So it's like, well, if you're asking me for help, then you don't know what you're doing. You want to show that you're competent and capable. However, I kind of, again, flip it around and say the person who's asking for help is the person who is open to learning, the person who wants to improve, the person who's wanting to iterate even the 1% to get better. So I think asking for help, am I, I'm trying to think, am I good at that? I think I'm good at asking for help in certain settings and certain contexts. And I think there's others where I'm not. So I know that if I feel like someone's doing me a favor or if it's, you know, asking someone for time, because I'm just so obsessed with this concept, you know, that time is just the most valuable thing we have. That's when I struggle to ask for help. I'm sure you're the same as me. You're willing to give your time to help others. It's like, why is it so hard? For example, with the book coming out, I know I've been to so many friends' book launches. I know I've talked about people's books before and, you know, shared them with friends or shared them on social media media or and now that mine's coming out I definitely feel like oh I don't really want to ask actually the reality is when you ask people say yes or they say no but it doesn't matter if they say yes brilliant they want to support they want to encourage and I think the majority of time you'll find people do say yes but if they say no Firstly, you know, I'm a big girl, it's fine. And secondly, I'd say there's no like invisible score chart. There's no feeling of obligation when I ask someone for help or for advice or for a favour that they should say yes or that they have to say yes. If they say no, they might be really busy working on a project themselves. They might not feel that they have the capacity to support you. They might not want to for a number of reasons. Remember when you ask for help or ask for a favour that it is a request. It's not an instruction. You're requesting, be open to that person saying no and don't hold a grudge, don't be annoyed don't go oh well you know I went to her book law just let it go it's fine and as I said most people nine times out of ten they're like yeah wicked so thank you for sharing those five steps at the end of the steps in the book there's a statement that you you put in that I was like oh that's quite profound and I thought it was probably quite a good place for us to close out on which was that you say as important as it is to define your goals it is important to make sure that those goals do not define you and I was like oh that sounds like it's come from a place of experience and it's quite a big statement can you unravel it for me a little bit and why you think that's an important thing for people to take away and remember yes absolutely I think because throughout the whole book you know I share tips and strategies and tools and things to say to people work towards that goal whatever it is professional goal personal goal take these steps do this action go 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 and so the reason and I talk about that a lot because it's what I believe it's you know it's who I am but the reason I say for your goals to not define you is because I feel like especially now in the world that we live in with all of these metrics and all of this comparison and all of this kind of what are you doing next and how quickly can you do it I think often people feel overwhelmed by the fear of failure, by the fear of rejection. They feel overwhelmed by sharing something and then, oh, it only has seven views or they've only got, you know, and I think it doesn't define you. So for example, me saying, if I said, oh, my goals next year are to complete, you know, my first ultra marathon or my goal might be to, yeah, to publish my first book or there's some goals which it is an achievement to do them and I'm not going to take away from that. But if I don't do them, it doesn't mean that I am less of a success or that I am a failure or that I am, it just means that I tried something and going back to that point around courage, it means that I was courageous enough to take the leap, to try and far better to try and fail and try again and try and try than 
to do nothing and just to remain frozen in fear. So, yeah, I think it's important, whatever your goal is, personal, professional, whether it's, you know, even when we look at our to-do list for the day, it doesn't define you to say, I achieved everything, I'm so productive. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Sometimes life happens, sometimes we have to, you know, just do what we can and know that our work and the things that we do are not our identity. You know, I think it's very hard when when your identity is tied into what you do and if you're a creative person, if you're sharing your work, it can feel like an extension of the self of you. But I think you have to have some separation between them. So for example, if when the book comes out, it's a huge success, brilliant. It doesn't mean I'm any better off. And if if it came out and it's not a success and people really don't like it and they say it's terrible and it's rubbish, they don't like that one piece of work that's what it is. It needs to end there and not be you and yourself and, oh, I'm rubbish. So the very last thing that we ask all of our guests is for like a piece of career advice, something that might have helped them that you think might help our listeners as well. Would you be able to share one with us? Yes, absolutely. So two parts to it. So career advice that I would give is to, if and when you can, in any capacity, have formal or informal, a mentor and a mentee. Now, it doesn't have to be, like I said, a formal structured, oh, I have a mentor and I do this thing every week. It could just be a relationship. It could be an older person in your industry or somebody in your family, but someone who, you know, they want to see you win. They want to see you succeed. You can go to them for advice and they can give you a really honest, unbiased opinion. But equally in reverse, you know, if you can do something in service of others regularly, if you know there's someone who is one step behind or 10 steps behind in terms of starting their career journey, can you help them? And I'm sure there's so much that you know that someone who's just starting in your industry doesn't know. So I think it's really valuable to do both, you know, kind of look forward and try to learn as much as you can, but also look back and try to give and help and support those people because you'll get just as much out of doing both. And that's something that I do now and I value and I get a lot out of. So we hope you found those interesting and you've got lots of notes and things that you can go and do and you can go set yourself some great goals for the year ahead. Next week, we're continuing with our How to Be Your Brilliant Best theme and I'm going to be talking to Ben Williams. He is fascinating and we're going to talk about the topic of mindset. He's the author of a new book called Commando Mindset and it's a great book. It actually reminds me a bit of our book in some ways in that it's very practical. There's lots of you know things that you can go and do when you read the book and so I really like that about it but as well as the book Ben is just a really he's a really interesting person he was a commando and before he was a commando he had some really big challenges in his life with addiction and he shares it really openly he shares the journey that he's gone on how he changed his mindset how that then changed his whole career and his whole life and he's just really generous I think in sharing some of those things and he's just funny like I I laughed a lot Uh, there was a there's a fun story about him learning about his values as a commando in his pants outdoors when he was doing his commando training so (laughs) we'll see if that makes the cut but it made me smile when I talked to him about it so I hope you find that useful and we'll be back with you very soon everybody thanks for listening today hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 